Blog Talk Radio. You have put a new song in my mouth. A song of praise. A sound that resonates that all of heaven and earth may worship you. We tread the hills to meet with you, to see your majesty in all that surrounds us. For it speaks and displays the eternal God of ages, creator, author, victor. In love, you established an everlasting covenant with your people, and it's your love that captivates us. As children of the King, we rush in as waves unrestrained, overcome, overwhelmed, that the King crowned in glory and splendor would reach down to place a crown upon our heads. So we raise our banner, the banner we boldly stand under, the banner of Jesus Christ. From dusk to dawn, from age to age, your praise resounds in all the earth. Deliverer, Redeemer, ruler of an everlasting kingdom that cannot be shaken. We trust in the name of Christ Jesus, the only King forever. Welcome to Zion's Redemption Radio. This is Fundamentally Mormon. I'm your host, Mark Lichtenwalter. The guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. That's 917-889-8827. You can find this at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon. And the text will also be posted on my Facebook wall at facebook.com forward slash L-A-Z-U-R-U-S 1977. You can also find the text and the audio to this radio program on iTunes at Fundamentally Mormon and in the different Facebook groups that I am an admin of. Some of those groups are LDS Last Days Prophecy and Gospel Discussions, LDS Gospel Mysteries, Latter-day Unity, and others. You can find the pages that I admin also on my Facebook wall. And if you enjoy this program, please friend request me or follow me and uh, make me one of your close friends. We try to put out as many episodes as we can during the week. But I'm thankful for you to be here today. Let's get right into the reading today. We are going to be reading out of Ogden Kraut's books. You can find his books for free to read online at ogdenkraut.com. That's O-G-D-E-N-K-R-A-U-T.com. That's O-G-D-E-N-K-R-A-U-T.com. Welcome to Zion's Redemption Radio Network. This is Fundamentally Mormon, and I am your host, Mark Lichtenwalter. Uh, today is the 8th day of November 2021. Uh, this is the first time in a while I've gone live, but I really need to share some stuff with you, and this is the best way to do it. The guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. That's 917-889-8827. I'll share that again 
after we listen to what I need to share. Um, but before I get into that, um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about everything that's been going on since uh, 2019. Um, we saw in the news that there was this, this sickness in China. And they kept showing us images that seemed like a zombie apocalypse. I mean, I don't remember. I, I don't know if you remember all of the images that we saw over the nightly news, but it was um, it was a fear t- uh, a fear campaign. And the types of things that we saw in China that came across our news were that people were dying in the streets and there was mass um, apocalyptic type events happening. And it really scared the crap out of everyone. And I, uh, I watched everything with somberness and uh, really attention to what was going on. And then I got on my knees and I prayed to my Father in Heaven in the name of Jesus Christ. And he told me that there was a sickness coming, but that the cure would be worse than the sickness. Not long after that, I had a man by the name of Joshua Sparks contact me. Now, if you don't know anything about my ministry or the things that I do or what I claim, I'll just tell you about who Joshua Sparks is real quick. In uh, 2012, I believe it was, it may have been, early 2013, um, Joshua Sparks and I, actually it was 2012, were co-hosting on a uh, program on the internet radio with uh, a main main host, and um, I got to know this, this man by the name of Joshua Sparks, and, um, we contacted each other, and I never met him in person, but he wanted to know about some of my experiences. So I told him about my experiences in 1995 where I was caught up in the spirit, and Jesus Christ took me into the Salt Lake Temple, and I went into a room that uh, is above, well, it's below the Angel Moroni. It's the highest room in the temple uh, on the east side of the middle tower, uh, right behind the plaque that says Holiness to the Lord. And when I went in that place, uh, when Jesus Christ took me up into that place, I went into that room, and it was like walking into love, kindness, infinity. Like just an overwhelming, powerful experience. I heard the voice of the Father tell me that I would be the last prophet before the coming of his son. Which was weird because at the time, I was very anti-Mormon. Uh, I was attending a Southern Baptist church up in Ogden, Utah. And then later on in um, Layton, Utah, 
on Fairfield Road, and I was very anti-Mormon at this point. Um, so that confused me, and that, that was in 1995. Uh, in 1996, I had some really bad things happen in my life, and uh, I had gotten into drugs and alcohol pretty bad, and I had been homeless a number of times, and uh, I was about to be homeless again, and it was coming up into the winter time, and I decided that since my life didn't mean anything to my family members, it didn't mean anything to me, and I actually tried to commit suicide. Um, luckily, the gun that I was going to use that was my roommate, he locked it up and hid it somewhere. Um, so I found other ways to do what I was going to do. And fortunately, he had forgotten his lunch and he came home from work to get his lunch and he found me and was able to save my life. After I was released from the hospital, um, I wrote, got a letter and I told him about how screwed up my life was. And I told him that I needed his help. And I said, if you will heal me and show me the truth, I will serve you for the rest of my life. It wasn't long after that that I met Elder King and Elder Bowman in the Layton, uh, Utah area. And it wasn't long after that that um, they taught me in my friend's home where we were staying, where I was staying. And that was the first time in a long time I had peace in a very, very long time. They taught me how to pray and they told me about Joseph Smith and about his experiences and that we could all get revelation for ourselves. And after they left, I went up to the loft where I had this futon mattress where I was sleeping. And I kneeled down and I asked God if Joseph Smith was a true prophet and if the Book of Mormon was true. As I was praying, it was like hot oil that went from the top of my head down to the bottom of my feet and completely filled me up with this. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like hot oil going through my whole soul. And I heard the angels singing very loudly in a way that I cannot describe. Like billions of individuals singing in unison praises to God. And the love that I had felt before when I stood in the presence of the Father and the Son and the Spirit in 1995. I'm not going to go through all the details of everything because what I have to talk about is is just as important, if not more important, because talk about doesn't have to do with with me, it has to do with you. But real quick, because I'm going to talk about Joshua Sparks, and I want to build this up to whatever. Anyway, so um, 
in my patriarchal blessing, I, so I was going to go on a mission, and uh, my patriarchal blessing, it says that I have been given the greatest gift that God has to bestow, the gift of eternal life. During my mission, and after, as a truck driver, because I had nowhere to go after my mission, um, I did tons of missionary work all over North America, but I always had this question, what does it mean to have your calling and election made sure this thing in my patriarchal blessing. Well, in 2003, as I was asking God these questions, I was caught up in the flesh. So I told Joshua Sparks about and I saw the Father and the Son face to face, and I embraced them in the flesh. Now, before everybody gets all bent out of shape, in 2013, when God commanded me to kneel down before him and ask him I did so. He showed me who I am and why I was called for this time. And um, he told me to be bold with my witness. Before that point, I wanted to share the experience. I didn't want people to know it was me. So like much like Paul did when he said, I knew a man in Christ above 13 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot. He, he was talking about an experience that he had himself. So I was like, okay, so and videos of this. I would talk about this in the third person as if I knew somebody that this happened to because I didn't want people to know that it was me other than I did tell my close uh, friends and family about my experiences but other than that it wasn't I wouldn't tell people but God told me our Heavenly Father told me to be bold with my witness and so I am so I, I am bold with my witness. And I was telling Joshua Sparks about this experience. And uh, as I was speaking to him, God opened up the vision before him. And he showed him what happened where Heavenly Father did lay his hands upon my head. Um, now, before I, uh, that happened, I asked Heavenly Father, when he said kneel down before me, I asked him what he was doing. And he said that he was silly into himself that I might be filled up into eternal life, which is what it talks about my patriarchal blessing. But um, when that experience happened in 2003, this light that was his light emanated through me. And I had my head down and I was kneeling before him. And my arms and my chest and everything that I am, light just flowed through me and out of me and it was a very powerful overwhelming experience and I didn't hear what he was saying and that caused me to wonder for a long time because I was so overwhelmed by what was happening that I didn't hear it well when I was telling Joshua Sparks about my experience and I had been asking, what did you say during that experience? Because I was trying to understand every all this stuff, right? So God, um, he showed Joshua Sparks, and Joshua Sparks told me immediately what he saw when God showed him this vision of him laying his hands upon my head. And I'm not going to get into what was actually said, but so Joshua Sparks knows that I am an, an eyewitness. 
of the Father and the Son, and that I was called to be a bold witness and to teach the people and to warn the people and call the people to repentance, which is what I have tried to do since January of 2014, starting with uh, starting with Zion's Redemption. Uh, well, it's Zion's Redemption Radio Network, but the first program that I did for a couple of years was called The Kingdom of God or Nothing. So uh, after that, uh, after I, I decided to try to have a more Mormon audience, I, I uh, revamped and started this program, Fundamentally Mormon. Anyway, so um, when the pandemic happened, Joshua Sparks called me, and he said he wanted to know what God's word was on this thing that's happening. And this was in the early part of the pandemic, say February, maybe March of 2020. And I told him on Messenger, on Facebook Messenger, because he lives in Kentucky and whatever, I told him that God told me there was a sickness coming, but that the cure would be far more um, deadly than the disease. This is before talk of vaccines, any of that. And I, I said, okay, well, I will, you know, I'll tell him that. And and to tell you the truth, I haven't heard from Joshua Sparks since that time. I actually don't hear from him a lot. Um, and I don't know why that is, but he does contact me sometimes and he asks me questions and then he disappears off the face of the planet. Um, anyway, so um, so I've been watching everything, trying to figure out what's going on. And uh, hold on, my two-year-old is in my daughter's makeup. Arius, this is live radio, I'm sorry. Arius, come here. Without getting into anything more, I, I did do. I do want to say, God has uh, <clears throat> God has told me to study certain things out in certain times, and uh, He's told me I I have studied out uh, secret combinations, the Illuminati, the Bilderberg Group, uh, just a ton of the uh, CFR, all of these things, trilateral com- trilateral commission and really delved into a lot of secret combinations and trying to understand them. Um, and uh, God was preparing me to uh, to do what I'm doing now. And that is to warn the people. And uh, I don't know how much longer I'll be on the air. Hopefully I'll be able to continue to be uh, able to speak. Um, so I, I think I might be putting myself in jeopardy. But I do know that... Uh, that people do listen to me. I have been contacted by people in the Illuminati over and over and over again because they like what I have to say about who Lucifer is, which most people don't realize, but they do, except for they have a false idea of Lucifer. And anyway, but I get so close to what they believe, they don't even, they, they, they're interested in hearing what I have to say. So anyway, um, Hopefully, I can warn the people, and hopefully this won't be my last radio program for a while, but it will be my last program for a little while. 
because I have to take care of some business that I can't do. Uh, I, I won't have time to do the, these programs. So anyway, anyway, so I'm just going to leave. Uh, we're going to, I'm going to play something that, that everybody needs to hear. And hopefully it comes across well. I don't know any other way to do this, but here we go. So this is what I wanted to share with you today. It has nothing to do with me. But it kind of does, and I have to be a, a bold witness and help you hopefully awaken from your awful situation because it's about to get bad. Here we go. Oh, Brian. Our, our next speaker uh, is going to tell you a lot of things that are going to blow your mind, and I encourage you to get out a pen and a pad and prepare to take some notes, copious amounts of notes. If there was one particular speaker that I would say film every word this person says, I would say our next presenter is, is one of those speakers. So, ladies and gentlemen, our next speaker is a corporate advisor, entrepreneur, financier, storyteller, professor, and inventor. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand to your feet and greet Dr. David Martin. One more time, folks. Let's hear for David Martin. Thanks, brother. Good afternoon. I, I, I always love when I'm introduced as, as a guy who you need to take notes with because these are about rallies, these are about excitement. And the last time I, I was at a rally or anything exciting, we, we had balloons and we had popcorn and not notepads and pens. But I have to tell you that Clay is right. If you're going to take notes, make sure that you take notes. But the most important notes to take, I'm warning you, are in the first three slides. So if you get lazy, don't try to pace yourself. Make sure you get everything in the first three slides. And the best thing about that is if you really need the slides, I'll make sure that everybody has a copy of this because I'll let the conference uh, share them around. So here we go. I cannot be on stage anywhere without asking you first and foremost, do not participate in the propaganda of this conspiracy. Number one, there is no SARS coronavirus two. There is a bioweapon that in 1999 was paid for by Anthony Fauci, was patented at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill in 2002. It was the recombinant coronavirus, which had the following protocol that was actually a bioweapon created by NIAID for this very moment. And that bioweapon was an infectious replication defective, their words, not mine, infectious replication defective clone of coronavirus. 1999, people, this bioweapon was engineered to destroy humanity. And if we started talking about a bioweapon and not a vaccine or a virus, we'd get a lot of progress. Number two, there is no COVID-19. There is influenza-like illness. And that influenza-like illness has been around for a long time and will be around for a long time. When the World Health Organization invented the notion COVID-19, it is the first disease in human history to have no clinical diagnostics. None. It's diagnosed by committee and symptom. 
because we had to make up the term asymptomatic carrier, which does not exist. You are healthy. That's what you are, because you're human. That's it. You are not an asymptomatic carrier of anything other than their nonsense. Stop using their language. And fourth and most importantly, there is no vaccine. There is a bioweapon that is being injected, which was engineered. And I want you to read this on the screen behind me because this is from 2015. Peter Daszak, the very man who is the Wuhan money launderer in chief for Anthony Fauci, the very man who violated the United States law by outsourcing gain-of-function research, except for UNC Chapel Hill, which kept it going legally because they got an exemption from Anthony Fauci to a moratorium. Did you hear what I just said? An exemption to a moratorium. Doesn't feel like a moratorium if there's the, oh, by the way, we told you not to do it. Keep doing it. In 2015, this quote was made by Peter Daszak at the National Academy of Sciences. Until an infectious disease crisis is very real, present, and at the emergency threshold, it is often largely ignored. To sustain public funding. Do you hear him say to sustain public health? No. To sustain public funding beyond the crisis, he said we need to increase the public understanding for the need for medical countermeasures such as a pan-influenza or pan-coronavirus vaccine. Did you read what's on this screen? 2015, the conspiracy of domestic terror was publicly declared. And you guys think this started in December of 2019 when a bat and a pangolin walked into a bar in Wuhan and hung out and went on a bender? You're supposed to believe that story, except for the conspiracy was published. These are their own words. And by the way, before you actually think that I'm making this up, let's read the next sentence, shall we? A key driver is the media, and the economics will follow the hype. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. The economics, I thought we were talking about public health. The economics will follow the hype. We need to use that hype to our advantage to get to the real issues. Investors will respond if they see profit at the end of the process. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the admission of five felonies in the United States. Five. I'm going to unpack them for you, so stay with me. This is the admission of five felonies in the United States, and not a single governor, not a single Department of Justice member, not a single U.S. attorney, not a single attorney general, not a single elected official in this country will actually allow this quote to go into the public record. So guess what? It's on you to do it. This is the quote that you need to send to every single elected representative, every single appointed representative, every school board. This is an admission of a felony criminal conspiracy to kill and maim Americans. And you know what you guys did in 2016 when this got published? Anybody? Nothing. That's when the criminal conspiracy was made public. 
And this is one that's going to be very awkward for many of you to embrace, but I don't care. Sometimes we have to embrace the hard truth. On September the 18th, 2019, anybody following the numbers here? 2019, September 18th, 2019, the World Health Organization in their Global Preparedness Monitoring Board gathering got together and said that we need to create a global simulation of the release of a respiratory pathogen, which was going to go from September of 2019 to September of 2020, a global campaign. The day after that document was published, President Donald Trump signed this executive order, and I want you to read what's in this executive order. This vaccine platform technologies include DNA, mRNA, virus-like S-particles, vector-based, and self-assembling nanoparticle vaccines. The day after the Chinese NIAID and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in criminal conspiracy, in interlocking directorates, in racketeering declared that they were going to declare war on the world, Donald Trump signed an executive order actually mandating that the toxin be released on the public. Right there it is in his own executive order. Now, listen to what I have to say. Did he premeditate that executive order? No. But we must be careful, people, because it doesn't matter which one among us stands in positions of authority, we must embrace the reality that if we are not accountable for every word that we say, every action we take, we open up ourselves to compromise. And if we are going to win the campaign for the hearts and minds and livelihood and soul of this country, we must commit ourselves to absolute integrity. No exceptions. Zero exceptions. Now, this is the slide that Clay warned you about. The good news is if you download the Fauci dossier, which you can download online, you can actually see a lot of this, but this is the one to take the pictures of. This is the one you do not want to let go because on the left-hand side are felonies punishable by 99 years in prison and up to $100 million per incident fine. Anybody think that Anthony Fauci should be 99 years in prison and $100 million fine? for every violation he's committed? I think so too, but let's go through them. 18 U.S. Code, Section 2339C, Funding and Conspiring Acts of Terror. Ladies and gentlemen, since he took his position as the highest paid federal employee in our country, Anthony Fauci has had $191 billion that have passed through his fingers. $191 billion of your money has gone through his fingers to build and finance terror. 18 U.S. Code Section 2339C, funding and conspiring to commit acts of terror, dead to rights, he's done it. 18 U.S. Code Section 2331 and following, acts of domestic terrorism resulting in the death of American citizens. Ladies and gentlemen, Section 802 of the Patriot Act makes it abundantly clear that you cannot legally compel a population to do anything out of fear or coercion, anything. That includes losing your job. That includes not going to school. That includes not going to your churches. That includes not being the leadership of churches. 
that is blackmailed into saying that it's okay to take a bioweapon because God said it was okay. And what would Jesus do? You cannot do that. Conspiring to commit acts of terror includes people who allegedly claim ignorance. You know what you cannot claim in a felony criminal case? I didn't know what I was doing. You know what? You did know what you were doing. And you are liable for what you did. 18 U.S. Code Section 1001, lying to Congress. Hey, people, if you do one thing out of this meeting, please do the following. Do not donate another dollar to Rand Paul. And I'm telling you why. Rand Paul has on three occasions had the criminal evidence against Fauci in his possession. I know because we had it delivered to him. That's how I know he has it. And three times he has actually cross-examined Anthony Fauci. He has actually gotten Anthony Fauci to lie to Congress and not one time has Rand Paul delivered a knockout blow by presenting the felony evidence and getting the Capitol Police and the FBI to cuff Fauci and walk him out of the Congress. Guess what? Rand Paul is using his faux fight with Fauci as a way to raise money for his campaign. That's monetizing an act of terror. That's not being a patriot. And if you want to get really clear on this, send the Rand Paul campaign a little note saying, happy to donate when you deliver the knockout blow. <clears throat> little side note on 18 U.S. Code Section 1001, and this is an important one. In October of 2020, while we were all talking about masks or social distancing or whether or not a vaccine would ever be developed and all that kind of nonsense, while we were being distracted, the Department of Health and Human Services was required by Congress to send a report to Congress in which NIH was supposed to disclose all of their financial interest in COVID-19 patents. For those of you who are listening, there are over 4,000, listen, over 4,000 patents derived from U.S. government-funded research. And under the Bayh-Dole Act, those patents have margin rights for the United States government and financial interest to the agencies that gave the grants. Got it? In October of 2020, when that report was delivered to Congress, Francis Collins and Anthony Fauci lied to Congress in a written report, failing to disclose, not some, failing to disclose 100% of their financial interest in COVID-19. They lied to Congress, and you know what? No one did. Nobody held them accountable. Guess what you can do? You can actually encourage every one of your elected and appointed representatives, you can encourage everyone that you know to either act or keep harassing them until they do act. Because this information is your responsibility now, because now you know it. You cannot plead ignorance either. 18 U.S. Code, sorry, 15 U.S. Code Section 1 through 3, which is conspiring to commit a criminal activity. This is where it gets a little deep, but stay with me. 125 years ago, we were worried about names like Rockefeller and Carnegie and all these other names. We were worried about them because it turns out that 70 people, 7-0, seven 70 people ran over 80% of the businesses in America. We said that wasn't okay. And we developed 
two very important laws, the Sherman Act and the Clayton Act, antitrust laws. We used those laws, by the way, to go after organized crime in the 1920s, along with the internal revenue laws that we also used to go after organized crime. But 15 U.S. Code Section 1 through 3, the conspiring to, co uh, to, to commit a criminal commercial activity is something that since 1999, Anthony Fauci, Ralph Barrick, and Peter Daszak have all been engaged in this. They can be arrested tomorrow if any single member of law enforcement actually is paying attention to their sworn oath and their duty to uphold the Constitution. 15 U.S. Code Section 8, market manipulation and allocation. Does anybody remember in April of 2020 when Anthony Fauci sat in the president's Oval Office and talked about how Moderna was going to be the mysterious savior of the world, despite the fact that Moderna had never produced a safe commercial product in its entire operating history? Anybody? You remember that? What you don't remember is that in 2010, when Moderna was started, it was the 10th anniversary of the funding that actually started Moderna. And you don't know what the funding that started Moderna is because nobody talks about it. Because the funding that started Moderna was the National Science Foundation grant called, and I'm ready to deliver the bad news to you, Darwinian Chemical Systems. That's where Moderna comes from. And let's go back and take a little time machine journey, 22 years in the past. Let's jump into that grant application and let's ask the question, Darwinian chemical systems. Hey, Dave, why would somebody want to invent Darwinian chemical systems? Well, let's read it, shall we? If we open up the grant and we read the grant, it says that in a post-extinction event, anybody comfortable? You guys all good with post-extinction events? In a post-extinction event, we want to see if we can get mRNA to write into DNA the code to start human evolution again. That's the 10-year grant that started Moderna. So every fact checker at PolitiFact and Reuters and USA Today and every fact checker anywhere in the world overlooks a very inconvenient reality. The inconvenient reality is Darwinian Chemical Systems was to use RNA to write into the DNA of life. And now you're told, oh, no, 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 Dave, that can't happen. The thing we inject doesn't write into life except for the fact that the 20-year funding record of the company that's actually doing it proved that that's what happened. Is anybody uncomfortable with a bioweapon known to write into life an extinction event of life? That feels uncomfortable to me. And I think if we actually went to every vaccine location and actually put up, this is not a vaccine, it's a bioweapon, and then added, by the way, this is an, a bioweapon formed for a post-extinction rewrite of the human genome, I think a few people would actually pause for a second and go, well, I didn't know that. I thought I was doing my patriotic duty getting my flu shot. You're not. You're actually getting a bioweapon engineered by and for post-extinction humanity. I'm all about not post-extinction humanity. I can't get an amen because I'm not a preacher, but I think there's a time for an amen, and this would be one of those. We are not in post-extinction conversations. We're in pre-forget-about-extinction. We're in today. And let's do the last one, 15 U.S. Code Section 19, the interlocking directorates. This is one that says that you are not allowed to get companies that actually have competing interests to get together in fixed prices. That's racketeering. It's all those nasty things. And guess what we have? We have Pfizer and Moderna and Anthony Fauci, all of them financial interested. 
We have Justin Trudeau. Oh, Dave, you're not going to be mean to a Canadian. They'll go, hey. Well, yeah, I am. I'm going to be mean to a Canadian because here we go. Justin Trudeau, who actually failed to disclose to any Canadian that the Canadian government gets a kickback for every one of the Pfizer and Moderna shots because Acuitas and Arbutus Pharmaceuticals, both out of British Columbia, are the ones that invented the lipid nanoparticle that is licensed to inject the pathogen into everybody. Canada wins every time there's a shot, which may explain why Justin Trudeau ordered 10 times more vaccines than there are Canadians, including the moose. Why would we need 10 times more doses than the sum total of all of Canada plus the moose? Well, it turns out it's racketeering because if I'm getting a kickback for every dollar I spend, guess what I get to do? I get to pocket a whole lot of money from all over the world, which is exactly what's happened. We've gone through the civil code, but I want to only point out one of these because I have a short amount of time. 21 Code of Federal Regulations, Federal Regulations subsection 50.24. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot give informed consent if you're coerced. Did you hear what I just said? You cannot give informed consent if you're coerced. And you can't do that not just because you can't do that, you can't do that because it's illegal to do it. So even if you did try to do it, you'd be breaking the law, and it is illegal to coerce any form of consent because last time I checked, coerced consent is rape. If we called it what it is, if we said that United Airlines is the pro-rape airline, if we said Costco or Walmart or Amazon were the pro-rape companies, do you know how many minutes we'd actually have people supporting that? That's why I told you to stop using the term vaccine. It's a bioweapon, call it what it is, and the act of injecting anything into a human being without their consent is violation of bodily integrity and it's rape. Call it what it is. You have all been told that Jacobson allegedly is the Supreme Court case that we all need to listen to because Jacobson said it's legal to immunize the population. Now, that's convenient if you're CNN and Sanjay Gupta and you have your head so far up your posterior that you actually can't even breathe. But if you actually were a sentient, air-breathing human being, you'd realize that Jacobson never said that anybody has an obligation or even a right to vaccinate anybody. Jacobson said, are you ready for this? There's a good idea coming. Jacobson said, if you don't do it, you pay a $5 fine. I got an idea. I got an idea. Let's crowdsource everybody's $5 Jacobson premium. Let's just pass an offering plate. Let's just say, guess what? We're going to plead Jacobson. What if we stop being anti-vax and we start being branded as pro-Jacobson? We reserve the right to pay a $5 fine and tell you to take your vaccine and stuff it up your own orifice. I think we could crowdsource that. And I think Americans would love to know that one of the options that was afforded under Jacobson is you could pay a $5 fine and not get the vax. That's what the Jacobson case actually says, and it never has and it never will say that you can be forced to be vaccinated. 
But this is the case we should look at even more, which is the Supreme Court case that nobody talks about from 1934, Home Building and Loan Association versus Bladesville. And what makes this case important is the text, which is why I wanted to highlight it. Emergency does not create power. Emergency does not increase granted power or remove or diminish the restrictions imposed upon power. But let's jump to the bull. Remember that the Supreme Court in this decision was saying, hey, you know what? Emergency powers are important, but the Constitution was actually written during an emergency. Little known fact, there was a war going on. So to pretend that somehow or another the framers of the Constitution were all sitting sipping French wine in Monticello while everything was just peaches and cream down in, I don't know, Boston or Philadelphia or Charleston, South Carolina, they weren't. It was in the middle of an active war. Important little fact. And look at what the Supreme Court exactly said. And they are not altered by emergency. No governor's declaration, no statement that has ever, ever been made to coerce or cajole or manipulate your behavior whatsoever has even a foundational argument in the Supreme Court precedent that no one is talking about. Guess what we should start talking about, people? That. In, in 1774, King George committed what were called the Four Intolerable Acts. I've decided to give you the Four Intolerable Acts of the COVID campaign of terror. And I'm giving you that because it's important that we realize that if we are going to plead our case in any position, whether it's in a courtroom, whether it's in a city council, whether it's a school board, we need to be correct, we need to be precise, and we need to stipulate the laws that have been violated. So let's go through. Amendment number one. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. Guess what? Congress has weaseled their way into allowing the Department of Labor and the Commerce Clause to do their dirty work for them. Your First Amendment was violated by the Commerce Clause. Your First Amendment was violated by the way the Department of Labor currently operates. Because it turns out that Congress didn't pass a law that said that you had to get vaccinated. But I can tell you that there's a deafening silence isn't there. Do you remember the executive order that the commander-in-chief, the bumbling Joe Biden, actually actually said we were going to have that, that, that mandate that everybody was going to have to be vaccinated? Remember that statement? And do you remember that he instructed the Department of Labor to come up with a rule that would actually enforce employers of over 100 people to all vaccinate their employees? And, and have you noticed the stunning silence of that mandate seems to never be forthcoming from the Department of Labor? Anybody notice that? Despite the fact that they're already claiming victory for the mandate, it doesn't exist. Because they have established a law that, in fact, is the establishment of a religion. And here's the religion they believe in. The doctrine of Fauci. The doctrine of Fauci is very simple. You are asymptomatic carriers. You are a disease. There is only but one savior, and that is an NID-funded vaccine. You didn't take enough of it when we had influenza, so we're going to manufacture the illusion of a pathogen. We are going to create a domestic terrorism campaign so that you embrace the loving arms of that beautiful vaccine. Ladies and gentlemen, 
There is no mandate because there will be no mandate. They are playing on your fears. They are not playing on the law because they know this law, and they know that they are violating the Supreme Court rulings and the First Amendment in our Bill of Rights, if they even do it. Second, COVID Intolerable Act, Amendment 4 of our beautiful Constitution. Amendment 4, the right of people shall be secure in their persons, their houses, their papers, and their effects. You know what we never talk about? We never talk about the Fourth Amendment, but guess what's been violated by every single decree that every single governor and every single public health officer has done over the last 22 months? That. We are not secure in our homes. We're not secure in our businesses. We're not secure in our properties. We're not secure in our churches. We're not secure anywhere. And guess what? That doesn't say, that doesn't say except for the case of emergency. It says you are secure, period. That's it. And it gets a little better. If you're not secure, you know whose burden of proof it is to prove that you've done something wrong? Not yours, theirs. Listen, people, I love to hear people talk about how rah-rah patriotic they are and they're out there doing their things, and but we're letting them do it. Stop. Stop reciting their doctrine of COVID and coronavirus. Stop reciting their doctrine of vaccine. Start using the language. Campaign of terror, bioweapon. Start using those languages and then actually show them, are you ready for this? Something tiny like the Bill of Rights. Amendment 5. Now, you are all law and order experts. I'm sure you probably sat there listening to the your law and order moments. And you think that law and order, you know, the Fifth Amendment is, hey, I don't have to incriminate myself. But the, the Fifth Amendment does a little bit more. Can you look at that, that bottom phrase in the Fifth Amendment that we never talk about? Nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. How many of you small business owners have gotten just compensation for your business closures? Anybody? How many physicians have gotten just compensation for lost revenue? How many people have been maligned like me and so many of the speakers who are coming today and tomorrow? How many of us have gotten just compensation for the seizure of our property in the form of our means of communication, our networks, our social media, our everything else, the ways in which we communicate? How many of us have gotten any just compensation for that? We've not just not gotten just compensation, ladies and gentlemen. We've been deprived of our liberties, and we've been deprived of the rights granted under this document. And it is absolutely critical that we see that they knew they were doing it because they actually changed their own definitions of words like vaccine and public health and emergency to accommodate their acts of terror. Amendment 6, due process. Anybody think that we've had any due process over the last 22 months? Not one. Hey, listen, I'm showing you these things, people, because you weren't taught these things in history lessons in school, and you weren't taught them so that you would be victims of this perpetrated crime. If you don't know the laws that are being broken, guess what? You get your information from sources like media. You get your sources from Twitter feeds. You get your sources from crazy things rather than actually going back and going, oh, you mean we actually had a law? And it's been actually violated? Yes, sir. We have had a law. It's been violated. And if we go through the Amendment 6, it's not only important that we have speedy trial, but the informed of the nature and the cause of accusation. Let's unpack that one for a minute. How many of you think there'd be a successful prosecution in this country 
if the following information was presented by every single person charged with any violation of any public health order. Let's go through them really quick. A bioweapon was created for infectious replication defective targeting of human lung epithelium in 1999 by Anthony Fauci. In 2003, the CDC patented the genome, the entire genome, the nature genome, the illegal patent granted to CDC in 2007 after being thrice rejected by the patent office as illegal. You heard me say that. The CDC three times had to fight to get an illegal patent granted. And when in 2007 they got that patent granted, they actually controlled the provenance of everything that had anything to do with SARS coronavirus from that day forward. We the people sat and did nothing. How about in 2012 and 2013, when mysteriously six viral models were uploaded in violation of biological and chemical weapons laws in this country, uploaded to a server from China because they were collected from six miners in China. They were uploaded to a server in violation of our domestic terrorism and our bioweapons laws here in the United States. And we had, by written confirmation from the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill in 2015, we have Ralph Barrick in his own writing stating that he uploaded the bioweapon information that came from China and started manufacturing it here in the United States. Did you hear what I just said? At this point, it's really important to point out, I haven't done a lot of research. I've been following this particular crime as it has unfolded since 1999. You are looking at the face of the guy who was the guy investigating anthrax in September of 2001. That's when I started this. I've been at this game longer than most people even knew there was a game to be at, and certainly longer than anybody who's actually said that they are really deep into COVID. Well, guess what? This is deep. And the point of this presentation is to make sure each and every one of you is equipped, because this is not about getting you excited. This is about getting you armed with information, because we have a war that has not started. The war that has not started is for the soul of this country. And the weapon that is being used is a genetic chimeric altered bioweapon called the S1 spike protein synthesis compound that is being delivered in a toxin that we know has killed every animal trial that has ever gotten off the ground. So to quote the actual associate vice provost of one of the leading medical institutions here in America, she was told when the institutional review board at her institution in California was asked to review the protocol, for this particular vaccine, and she asked, where are the animal data? She was told, and I quote, this is a straight-to-humans protocol. Did you hear what I just said? It's killed every animal study it's ever gone into. It's killed every animal trial that's ever been done, and this is a straight-to-humans protocol. Ladies and gentlemen, call it what it is. It's premeditated murder. Stop dancing on the side of this thing and jump in the pool. And on our watch, we should not let a single attorney general or U.S. attorney, we should not let a single elected official, we should not let a single public health officer get away with any public statement that does not confirm that this is a bioweapons program meant to destroy, maim, and kill the citizens of the United States and the people of the world. This is a crime, and we need to start treating it like a crime instead of watching a bank robber walk out of a bank and calling the Uber for them. This is about getting Anthony Fauci cuffed 
and perp walks. That's what this is about. I'm ending because I see Clay Clark. And Clay Clark is the grim reaper of all of my fun and joys. But he's actually doing a great thing because what he's doing is he's keeping us honest and keeping us on time because everybody here who's invested their life and their livelihood and their fortune and their security and their family, like I know I've done, like I know I've given time and effort and energy, and I know that I'm not doing that alone. I know that the amazing Kim Martin, who usually stands on the stage next to me, is right now watching our beautiful daughter get ready for homecoming. So guess what? She wins and I lose. Because I get you instead of seeing our beautiful daughter at homecoming. But that's okay, because we all believe in the right of what we're doing. But Clay's standing there so everybody else who's come out at great personal cost can have their voice heard. I just want to end with the answer. The answer is, let's stop diagnosing the problem. Until Anthony Fauci is cuffed, until Ralph Barrick is cuffed, and until Francis Collins is cuffed, we're not done. We got to set a single goal. Anthony Fauci in chains and in jail. That's our goal because that ends. Listen, listen. That ends the emergency use authorization. And what that does is it puts the liability for every injury and death back on the companies. Because the minute we get a felony conviction, the entire EUA has been pierced. If we get a single felony, one felony, there is no shield of immunity. Because the 86 Act and the PREP Act say that you get immunity unless. And there's only one silver bullet, ladies and gentlemen. Guess what? I just gave it to you. So let's load this gun of information, and let's actually go hunting. Here's what I'm proposing. And I did this. We had the signing ceremony for the new Continental Congress in Yuba City, California, at the Church of Glad Tidings on Saturday. If you go online to covidcon21.com, covidcon21.com, you can actually now electronically sign the new Declaration of Universal Human Independence. It is that by nature we are provisioned for life, liberty, livelihood, and we are unrestricted from provisioning, number one. Number two, we are at liberty to peacefully assemble, speak, disagree, express, believe, and choose. Number three, we have freedom of inquiry, and this is the most important one, with assurance of veracity and providence, we need to make illegal propaganda in this country. It was legalized in 1946. It was re-upped in 2012, and we need to end that. No more propaganda, no more message control, and no more misinformation. And if you do, you're in jail because it's an act of domestic terror. We are at liberty to exchange value and commerce with transparency. We are afforded access to all of the derivatives of public goods, meaning that no one gets to control Internet switches, Internet distribution. Nobody has to troll, control telephone signals. Nobody has to control what we've already paid for, because what we own is ours to use. That's what we stand for. And finally, we are organically undefiled from birth to death. And that, by the way, is not just what you don't shoot in your arm or not what you just don't put in your mouth. It goes to one more and probably the most important thing. It's time that we purify what goes in our minds. It's time that we realize 
that we have allowed the infection of fear to be used as an agency of destruction against us, and it's time that we, the people, actually accept responsibility. If we want pure thoughts, pure actions, and pure deeds, we need to start putting them in here, and we need to get them through here and through here. Let us stand united as humanity, and let us not take another breath, giving them a single ounce of quarter until we have seen justice restored and holiness in this land. Thank you very much. God bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time with you for Dr. David Martin. All right. I've got a little homework, a little homework for you. Um, a little homework for you. If you're here today and you're saying, what can I do? You want this man to meet with an elected official because everything he's saying is all cited. He has all the slides. He has all the citations. He has all the resources. And so I'm trying to set up three meetings with this gentleman here with elected officials in Oklahoma. I'm talking about attorney generals. I'm talking about senators. I'm talking about congressmen. So if people do want to get a hold of you to schedule a meeting with an, with an attorney general or a congressman or a, or a senator, what is the best way, sir, to do that? The best way to do this is we have, and James Perper, can you stand up? I see you down there. James, you there? James, right over there. James Perper here in Salt Lake City and I have a platform called ActivateHumanity.com. The best way to get a hold of us, and there's James, there's me. The best way to get a hold of us is go on to ActivateHumanity.com, and you can actually make sure that we are available to get in front of any elected official, any appointed official, anybody who thinks they're running for a thing. And by the way, don't go to the polls without making sure every candidate has a moment of integrity where they actually either affirm or deny that they're going to let this campaign of terror persist. Because you should not on November, whether or not you believe in elections, neither here nor there, what I want is I want you to look in the eyes of people and ask them, are you prepared to murder American citizens? One more time, folks, for Dr. David Martin. Okay. In 2016, Heavenly Father commanded me directly to leave Spanish Fork, Utah. Uh, we moved out from New Hampshire in 2013, moved to Spanish Fork, lived there for a couple of years. In 2016, Heavenly Father told me to go to Emory County and to... Uh, tell people that this is a gathering place until uh, a certain time and that that I needed to warn everyone to leave populated areas. What you saw last summer is a preview to what is going to happen in this country. So if you are in a populated area, please leave. Now, I know a lot of people are saying, well, God told me I need to be here, and God told me I need to be there. Paul's letter, letter to Timothy told him that we need to try the spirits, for thereby many false prophets and teachers have gone among us. Uh, some people believe that because you receive a revelation that it's from God, but there has to be confirmation of the Holy Spirit in order to accept the revelation that comes no matter what. Uh, in the Doctrine and Covenants, it is, is said that God speaks to our hearts and our minds. And what that is is that he speaks to us mentally, in our minds. Sometimes we hear it in our ears. 
Most of the time it's in our heads. And our hearts is confirmation of the Holy Spirit, which comes from the fruit of the Spirit, which is Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23. That is peace, joy, love, those type of feelings. When Jesus Christ uh, appeared to the disciples on the road to Emmaus and they didn't know who he was, and he walked with them for a time and finally they realized who it was and then he disappeared out of their midst, one disciple looks at the other and it says, Basically, we should have known it was him. Did not our hearts burn within us? That is speaking to, he was speaking to their minds in person. But within them, he was speaking to their hearts. Did not our heart, hearts burn within us? And God does that through the fruit of the Spirit, which is Galatians five twenty two and 23, peace, joy, love. So a lot of people are like, well, if I just pray to God and I, I get an answer, then it, it must be from him. Okay. Uh, the adversary can give you revelation to, and he can tell you that he is God. It doesn't mean it's from our father. You have to get confirmation of the Holy spirit. Uh, and he speaks to your mind and to your heart. And I just, I hear a lot of people trying to talk about getting revelation and they're getting revelation all right but they're not getting confirmation of the holy spirit to make sure it's from god so i'm going to warn you again if you have received a revelation to stay in the cities and you have not received a confirmation of the mind and the heart of the holy spirit you need to question that revelation and get out of the cities okay because here's what's going on this has been planned for a very long time. Back in 2003, there's a, a program called The Dead Zone. Um, it was a TV show. And uh, I think it's season two. You can find it on Amazon Prime. Uh, season two, episode 13, I believe it. it's called uh, The Pandemic. They actually talked about covid and I'm not going to go through the whole episode, but basically the cure was, um, I can't remember what it's called. It's one of these, it's one of these cures. Okay. So Donald Trump had COVID and he received the specific um, medication. And like two days later, he was like ripping his mask off and on the balcony of the white house and everybody freaked out about it. Hydroxychloroquine. There's other, there's other cures for this thing, too, because this is a thing. My wife had COVID for five days before she got tested, and the only reason she got tested was because she thought that she had a sinus, a sinus infection, and she went in, they tested her. She came up positive. I came up negative. Um, we went to get an antibody transfusion, and I told her, that she needs to pray about it and that if she researches everything uh, and then she doesn't feel good about it, that she needs to not get it. She listened to my advice. Uh, I dropped her off at the hospital. She went to get her transfusion. And while she was waiting, she was reading the pamphlet that they gave her and a bunch of other information uh, that they gave her. And she felt really bad, like the spirit withdrew from her which uh, is the exact opposite of Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It is anxiety, stress, uh, darkness, anger, 
um, hatred, all, all of these things. When the spirit withdraws from you and you are left to the buffetings of Satan, it's not just a stupor of thought. The stupor of thought, according to Bruce R. McConkie, is all of these things that I just said. When the spirit withdraws from you, you can know that the thing that you're going to do is wrong and you need to turn away from it. Or you can know that the doctrine that you believe is wrong and you need to turn away from that false doctrine. That's how you can test the spirit. That's how you can test revelation. James chapter 1, verse 5 says, if, if you lack wisdom, ask God and he will give it to you. That's because he's giving you revelation. Because Moses taught correctly that God would, that all his children were prophets. You do not need a man to stand between you and God. You are God's child, and he can speak to you directly concerning doctrine, concerning a whole bunch of stuff. God told me in 2000 and I think it was 2014, maybe 2015, that God wants to speak and reveal himself to all his people, but they damn themselves through their, uh, through their unbelief and through believing false doctrine. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 says, If you believe a lie, you receive strong delusion that you might be damned because you did not love the truth. And I say that you are damned because you did not love the truth enough to go to God, to study it out, go to God to get revelation for yourself to make sure what you believe is true. Peter, first or second Peter, I don't know. I don't remember, but it says that Scripture is not for private interpretation. That's because the interpretation of Scripture belongs to God alone. And in order to get the correct interpretation of Scripture or any, anything else, any truth, you actually have to go to God to get it. And God is no respecter of persons. Now, let me just read a couple of things here. John Taylor uh, taught Journal of Discourses. Volume 21, page 8. When the people shall have torn to shreds the Constitution of the United States, the elders of Israel be, will be found holding it up to the nations of the earth and proclaiming liberty and equal rights to all men and extending the hand of fellowship to the oppressed of all nations. This is part of the program, and as long as we do what is right and fear God, he will help us and stand by us under all circumstances. John Taylor also said, we are getting into such a condition that if we were to meet the Lord, we could not look him in the face, and the way we are going, it will soon be impossible to tell what we do believe. Deseret News, March 9th, 1889. Let me see here. I'm, I'm actually looking for a vision of John Taylor's. I'm just going to read. I'm going to read them all because uh, I think they're all good. Um, we did not come here to copy after anything that exists in the world. We had no such idea or intent. And if this fact is not understood by all Latter-day Saints, it ought to be. When men come among us, we should be very sorry indeed if they found us like the world. We are not like them, neither do we wish to be. We do not today try to intimate any of the governments of the earth. We do not admire their policies because they're Babylon. 
he didn't say that. I said that. We do not believe that their systems are correct. We believe that they have the seed of dissolution within themselves and thought the lack of correct principles by which to regulate themselves that they will eventually crumble to pieces. Journal of Discourses, Volume 11, page 340. Let's see here. Uh, this is John Taylor as reported by Edward Lunt. And you can find this in Visions of the Latter Days. I actually probably should be looking at that one for the vision that I'm trying to, to find here. I'm in Prophecies of the Latter Days. But John Taylor saw Salt Lake City become a great and beautiful city with cement streets and roads, and the people had become wealthy. Great, beautiful homes covered the city. He said that the city was extended almost to the point of the mountain south now of the uh, state prison that the people would become indifferent to the councils and advice of the authorities of the church. And he's talking about the authorities of the church in his day because the authorities of the church today have actually become indifferent to the authorities of yesteryear. Um, and you would know that if you actually studied anybody who actually studies what the early leaders uh, taught know that the current members of the church, the current leaders of the church actually are opposing each other on many, uh, many circumstances. But anyway, and we're interested in accumulating, uh, accumulating the wealth that they were in living their religion. So they're more interested in, in their wealth than actually living the religion of God. That's why you don't have United Orders, but you have 16 million members of the church. And at this time, there began to be a war and bloodshed. Okay, and we're in that time now. What would be necessary to bring about the results nearest the hearts of the opponents of Mormonism? Simply to renounce, abrogate, and apostatize from the new and everlasting covenant of marriage in its fullness. Were the church to do that in its as an entirety, God would reject the saints as a body. The authority of the priesthood would be withdrawn with its gifts and powers, and there would be no more heavenly recognition of administrations, administrations of angels and those type of things. The heavens would permanently withdraw themselves, and the Lord would raise up another people of greater value and stability for his work must, according to the unalterable decrees, Go forward for the time of the second coming of the Savior's near even at the doors. Deseret News, April 23rd, 1885. Okay, I think this is it. This is recorded by Wilfred Woodruff in 1878. It was one year after the death of Brigham Young. This is John Taylor that Wilfred Woodruff is recording. I saw a short distance from the Missouri River. There stood 12 men dressed in the robes of the temple. They stood in a square nearby, and I was given to understand that they represented the 12 gates of the New Jerusalem. Their hands were uplifted while they were, they were consecrating the ground. Later, they laid the cornerstone of the house of God. I saw myriads of angels hovering over them. And above their heads, there was a pillar-like cloud. I heard the most beautiful singing in the words, 
Now is established the kingdom of our God and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever, and the kingdom shall be, never be thrown down, for the saints have overcome. I saw people coming from the river and the distant places to help build the temple. It seemed as though there were a host of angels helping to bring materials for the construction of that building. Some were in temple robes, and, and the pillar-like clouds continued to hover over the spot. And that's uh, in a book called Wilfred Woodruff by Matthias Cowley, who was an apostle in the church back in the day. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Arius, my son. Did you put that in your mouth? Is it gross? Yeah, you shouldn't do that. He tasted the diaper cream. <laughs> my two-year-olds. I watch my two-year-old son during the day. Um, dang it, this is not what I was looking for. I know this is all good stuff, but there was a vision that he that John Taylor saw, and I'm just going to go to a different book called Visions in the Latter Days. Uh, which you can find at ogdenkraut.com. And I'm going to do a find and page. Find and page. John Taylor. Sorry, I I know people get upset that I don't prepare. I do prepare. I prepare by study. A lot of study. Over 20-something years. And... Um, I know like the spirit brings things to my remembrance and then I speak to you the things that are coming into my mind and um, and this is one of those things so I didn't know what I was going to say today um, but there's so much I could say before I read this because I did find it here it's on page 99 of visions of the latter days Arius don't play with this this is not a toy, she, I swear. My 12-year-old girl will be 13 in December, and she has makeup, <laughs> lots of makeup, because she drives me nuts. Anyway, but she leaves things out, and then the baby, like nail polish, which is what my two-year-old just brought to me, um, he gets into it and paints off in the walls and everything else. So, all right, let me see. I lost the page here. Let me get back in. It's on page 99. Okay, so before I read this, I always had a problem with... Now, I believed that... Uh, I eventually became a bite to whatever, but I had a problem with him in the beginning because he was always a Democrat. He was always a leftist. And then all of a sudden, he starts leaning right, and then he came in and he did all these things, but but there were things that he did that were bad. Tell you what my opinion is. I believe everything was the way it was set up on purpose, because I, I think it's a one-two punch. The people that control these people – they don't get in office without passing through certain gates. The Council on Foreign Relations always picks the president. 
They pick the one on the left and they pick the one on the right. It doesn't matter which one they pick. You're still getting one of their guys. Now, the Council on Foreign Relations is controlled by the Bilderberg Group, and the Bilderberg Group is, a, is like the Congress of the Illuminati. Now, I don't know what any of this stuff is. Do due diligence and go find out for yourself. I'm sorry. I'm not going to explain it all this stuff. I, it took me years and years and years to research and uncover a bunch of this stuff, but you can do it too. But the CFR chooses to be one of the elect, uh, one of the uh, possible candidates to become president, without going through this of the Council on Foreign Relations. Mitt Romney was part of it. Obama was part of it. Trump is part of it. Biden is part of it. Hillary Clinton is part of it. They put the people that they want you to pick in front of your face and have you vote for them. I believe that they gave you Donald Trump to stir up division in this country, to stir up strong feelings one way or the other, strong feelings towards him and strong feelings against him. He was supposed to be divisive, and he was. As they rigged an election, Yes, Maricopa County has uncovered election fraud on a mass scale, and uh, there's tons of other stuff that's being suppressed by the mainstream media, which is a part of a secret combination to control propaganda that they're feeding to you. I design. President Trump was supposed to lose, and they gave you a guy who literally has dementia on purpose because they want the pendulum to swing a little bit this way and then swing a little bit that way and get so much momentum against what's going on that it'll swing all the way over here and then you're going to throw your complete trust and allegiance into this man who is going to lead you to destruction, he already has. It, it, they talked about this in the documentary, or this this thing that we just did. It, it was all talked about in here. And what is meant to do? Now, remember when I first came on, I talked about all of the media propaganda that was coming out of China about how bad this virus was, and how it was like an apocalyptic event, and it was basically zombies and people just dying in the streets, and it was re- the propaganda that we were fed from mainstream China through the mainstream news. None of that happened here. This was propaganda get to get you scared. In the Webster's Dictionary, if you got an old one, go COVID. COVID, I think it was in 1989, Noah Webster's Dictionary lists COVID as the common cold. Now, it's interesting because they couldn't get a vaccine for the cold. But they have a vaccine for this. They've been working on vaccinations for cancer and AIDS and all these other things for all these years, and they can't get it. And all of a sudden, 
you throw a whole bunch of money at it and and all and you've got these vaccines that they're giving to you. God told me that this thing was coming, this sickness was coming. It was genetically engineered through gain of function research to do what it's doing. It's about population control. But the cure that you are receiving is much, much, much worse than the sickness that they have put upon you. My wife, I hugged her and kissed her and she stole my pillows all the time in bed. I slept on the pillows that she slept on. She had COVID, I didn't. After we left and didn't get the antibody transfusion because she felt really bad about doing that. She was still sick, but she asked me to give her a blessing. I laid my hands upon her and commanded her body to be whole. That was 10 o'clock at night in the morning. It was fine. She still had a little bit of stuff going on. She was sick for a week and then like Two days later, she was completely over it. This poison that they are trying to inject into you, altering your RNA and your DNA. It is a poison. Spirit has told you not to get it. You should have listened. But you can still repent. And God can heal you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Paul, bitten by a venomous viper, he shook it off and he continued to live. I have been poisoned as well. And I have some of the effects from the poisonings that I have had to live. Now, I did it to myself in 2000, and I tried to commit suicide again. Okay, now I'm not doing that anymore. I'm sorry that was the last time I did it. But after everything that I had been through, I just wanted to die. I have kids now. I'm not going to do anything but protect them and protect myself so I can see them live. But in 2010, I tried to hang myself three different times. I hung for over an hour one of those times before I was able to get down, which was very difficult. My head was swollen. My neck was swollen. My tongue was swollen. It was bad, but I didn't die. So I decided I was going to take 5,000 milligrams of tramadol. I had a new prescription. A couple of days before that, I was in some pain, and I took some tramadol. It wasn't working, so I was like, after like an hour or something. So I took some more, and then I took some more. I overdosed on tramadol accidentally, and I found out that it actually causes your heart and your breathing to stop. You become so you If you overdose on tramadol, you can stop breathing and just die. So 5,000 milligrams take away 
I don't know what was, 400 milligrams that I took. What that was, I took the whole bottle. Right before I thought it was the end of my life, I felt hands on my head, and I felt the Spirit of God me, and I thought, thank you, God, it is over. And I wasn't afraid of, I wasn't afraid of death. I, um, after all, I've had my calling and election made sure. But seven hours later, I woke up and I threw up all of the stuff. I was high for three days and it God can heal you of whatever you do to yourself. What I did was intentional. What Paul did was unintentional. That viper still grabbed out, bit him, and still delivered the poison into him. He should have been dead, but he shook it off, and God healed him. God healed me through... uh, of so many things he's done. Like my friends used to call me Lazarus because I had been shot at four times. I went to bullets on my face. I've been stabbed. I blew myself up one time. Accidentally, I was 10. It was stupid. I set something on fire. Standing next to it when it blew up, the car I was standing in front of actually engulfed in flames. I was thrown to the side. Everybody thought I was dead. It was fine. And uh, as a 10-year-old kid, I realized, uh-oh, he did a bad thing. Let's run. And uh, we were running up in Farmington, Utah, behind Hogan's Auto Repair, which uh, the Hogan's were my grandparents, and so that's why we were there. And it was a junkyard behind the auto repair place, and it was wintertime. And we were jumping from rock to rock to rock over this, like, waterfall and there was like an upper pond and a lower pond and there's this old dam from like the 1800s so it's up there anyway, I slipped on one of the rocks and fell the ice <laughs> so that was uh, got blown up and hypothermia all in one great day but I'm still here every single one of us have an appointment with death whether it getting sick because of this this pandemic or whether it's dying in a car crash we have an appointment with there is a time to death and some of us are going to live no matter what happens like myself but if you die die to God. And what do I mean by that? Give your life to God. There are many people who have vaccinations that are going to die. This is meant to depopulate this country. Now, fortunately, there are many patriots in this country that do understand or have an idea about what's going on. Those people are going to be the soldiers that fight in the war that's coming. It is going to be bloodbath. And the elders of God are going to go in the highways of the top of the mountains and in the desert places and 
Zion will be born in the desert, according to Isaiah chapter 35. And when patriots have been about worn out, who are fighting against the heathens that come into this country to destroy it, we will come down out of the mountain after a time of learning and trying, and we have the fullness of the priesthood, which I have been given, and the, the, the sons of Zion will have it too. And at that point, two of us will put 10,000 to you are living in the time of prophecy. The day of darkness started January 17th or January um, of 2017. I talked about that on my old radio programs. God gave me that. They started time, that the timeline started July, uh, July 15th, 2013, when I was commanded sever the priesthood of all the holy people which is talked about in Daniel chapter 12 but let's get into this vision of John Taylor Cedar City Utah this is page 99 of visions of the latter days a prophetic prophetic incident occurred at my father's home at Cedar City Utah at the time a conference was being held there which President John Taylor and George Albert Smith were present. George Albert Smith was asked to conduct the morning session of the conference as President Taylor wished to rest as he had held the meeting with the different wards and stakes between Salt Lake City and Cedar City. President Taylor did not attend the morning session of the conference but remained at our home to rest in order that he might attend the afternoon session. He, with all of the authorities, stayed at my father's home during the conference. President Taylor wished to go to his room and lie down and rest and asked my mother to tell him if he should should oversleep. By the time the morning session was over, my mother was busy preparing dinner for the visitor and was surprised when John when President Taylor came walking into the kitchen, she asked him if he was not able to get uh, to rest as he hadn't been gone long, whereupon he related a vision that he had in his room. Now, this man, John Taylor, saw Jesus Christ face to face. We talked about the revelations that were given to him um, you know, in the last book that we read. Let's see here. Okay, he saw Salt Lake City become a great and beautiful city with cement streets and roads, and the people had become wealthy, great, beautiful homes covered the city, and he said that the city was extended almost to the point of the mountains south where the state prison is now. Um, The people had become indifferent to the council and advice of the authorities of the church, and were more interested in the accumulating of wealth than they were in living their religion. At this time, there began to be a war and bloodshed. He saw blood running down the waters of Salt Lake City as though it were water. People were fighting amongst themselves until it became so serious that the entire church records were all taken across the Colorado River. President John Taylor said to 
to her. If you are alive at this time, be sure that you are not far behind the records because the church records, um, after the church records leave and are secure, the very powers of hell will be turned loose and there will be such destruction that but very little life will remain. Not only Salt Lake City, but other adjoining cities will be destroyed and in the east, in Missouri, and Jackson County, civilization will become entirely extinct. All means of transportation, such as railroads and highways, will be destroyed, and the only means of travel will be on foot. And all manufacturing of all kinds will be entirely destroyed. Be sure when you see these things come, see that you have buttons, needles, and things to work with in order to make yourself clothing thread, and cloth as far as possible because all tools of every kind of machinery will be destroyed. It will become such a destructive war that the sufferings and drivings of the people from Nauvoo will be as a drop in the bucket compared to the sufferings that will take place at this time until one half of the people will will not follow the leaders and the other half will die in turn because of the sufferings that they will have. <laughs> Excuse me. We're on page one oh one. Um that they will have to go through, I'm sorry. The Lord will bless those who stay with the authorities, but they shall not all or and they shall be destroyed. Okay. They will travel south and will uh, finally form a circle, something like a horseshoe, before they return to Jackson County, Missouri. Those who will be privileged to help build Jackson County will be those who are willing and glad to obey the counsel and advice of the authorities placed over them. Okay, that's the authorities that God places over you, not that man places over you. Uh, let's see, the saints will be so ta- are attacked so heavily that they will cry to the Lord night and day for deliverance. I think I skipped something here. And they will not only be willing to listen to their counsel and advice, but will will ask if they might receive it in order to be guided and protected out of this great time of want and distress. The saints will be taxed so heavily that they will cry to the Lord day and night for deliverance. He said also that we would be uh, that it would be uh, that there would be few in number and and would it be assisted by the Lamanites in building the New Jerusalem in Jackson County. The vision was so terrible that he asked the Lord to close it, but he saw that those who would keep the commandments and adhere to the authorities of the church would survive and would protect them as uh, as he did Israel, the children of Israel. I have a little bit of a problem with that because um, Russell M. Nelson, who has – he speaks Mandarin. Uh, he's friends with these – these medical people that are doing this to us, um, he's telling you to get the vaccinations. It's not telling you to get revelation for yourself. And uh, the problem with that is like, okay, so even if the vaccines were a good thing, which I don't believe they are, but if they were, um, my daughter has 
vaccine injury. Her biology doesn't work well with vaccines. Our babysitter, my daughter Amberly, her baby received her vaccinations when she was two. And she was dead within 24 hours. I've heard this over and over and over again. Before you take anything, whether it is medication or vaccination or any kind of shot into your body, you research it, you ask God if it's right, and if you make a decision and you go forward with it, you just tell God what you're doing. If the Spirit withdraws from you, you know something is up and you need to stop, just like my wife did. She she read a bunch. She researched it up. She said she was going to go do it. She asked God to give her confirmation, and the Spirit withdrew from her. And she knew it was wrong, and she didn't do it. And then she asked me for a blessing, and then she was healed within like six hours or something like that. Because God does work with his people. But... Even if everything was fine, the fact that President Nelson is telling people to get it, what happens to all these people who are getting vaccine injuries? Now, say you've got this person who goes to the temple all the time, and they're faithful, and they've served seven missions like my grandparents did, and they do all these things, and then they follow the advice of the president of the church without getting revelation for themselves. So they trust in the arm of flesh, which, by the way, brings a curse, because you need to get revelation for yourself. But say you do all of that, and then you get vaccine injury, you get cerebral palsy, you get something else, and then you're so angry at a situation that you're going through that you throw God away. Or say you don't throw God away. Say you justify what happens to you and say, well, God must want this because I did. I was obedient to what I was told. Okay. Your friends and your family see what you did. The most faithful and observant following the, the dictation of the president of the church. But they also know that you have vaccine injury. Maybe you have vaccine death because of it. And your children or your grandchildren don't understand and they hate God because the president of the church is God's prophet and God told them to do it and now you're dead because you did what you were told. Do you see the pit that they are digging for themselves? Compared to the flu vaccine, this crap that they are jabbing into your system, 200 200 and something more times more likely to kill you than any of that other stuff ever would.
But I'm telling I'm telling you that even though the vaccine injuries that are happening are within two weeks of receiving the jab, what is going to happen in the next three to five years is going to be a great two-thirds of the people, I believe, are going to be gone. I hope I'm wrong. And this is not a prophecy, so don't even go there. But all I was told is that the cure is worse country is depopulated to the point where we can't even defend ourselves along with all this other propaganda and crap that is coming on by the socialist liberal libtard uh, narrative like just all the stuff like there is any delusion plague there's spiritual plagues in this country they all started when I suffered the ordinances in 2013 and they really went into effect in 2015 And everybody's affected by it. That's why you're supposed to come out of Babylon, so that you're not affected by their plagues. We're all affected by it. But um, I guess, you know what, if you want to read this, uh, the rest of this uh, this vision, or any visions like it, uh, you can go to ogdencrowd.com, go to Visions of the Latter Days, and I'm on page 102. Let me just see if there's anybody in the studio, and there's not. But fortunately, I was able to finish this program. And uh, you know what? Even if you don't believe any of the stuff that I'm telling you, that stuff that I did share, you should listen to it. You should do your own Research, you should get revelation for yourself. God is no respecter of persons. He does live. He does love you. There are still consequences to your actions. If you don't listen to him and you don't seek his word, you might have to deal with some stuff. But he loves you. And he wants to speak to you. And if you turn to him and you cultivate a relationship with him, he can lead you. And you can get revelation for yourself. You don't need a file leader to give that revelation for you. Anyway, uh, so I'm just going to leave it at that. And uh, I'm not going to be doing uh, a radio show probably for the next week. I'm going to baptize my daughter in the Atlantic Ocean this week. So, uh, anyway, we have uh, some stuff we've got to do. So, I will be back on in a week or whatever, and we'll continue on with uh, Jesus is Married, which is the book that I'm reading now. Um, Thank you for listening to this. I hope that you get revelation for yourself. And, uh, I say these things in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, even Jesus Christ. 